Hello and welcome to the Your Gym Big Sister podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this. How are we all doing today? Um, this is actually my second time recording this podcast because I recorded it yesterday, had it uploaded, had it all ready to go. And one of my amazing clients, Tori, was like, Emma, there's no sound on this podcast. Guess who had the microphone turned all the way fucking down? (laughs) I love when that happens. So here we are for round two. So I'm hoping that this recording is going to go as well as yesterday's because you know what, guys? I was spitting some fucking facts yesterday. It was fire. So hopefully I'll be able to recreate that today. Luckily, I obviously plan all my podcasts with notes, but there was a few times yesterday that I went off piste and it turned out well. I was like, yeah, this is a great one. So look, sometimes the universe tests us. She challenges us and it's fine. Just got to do it again. It's no big deal. Uh, luckily, Fridays, they're not a crazy day for me. I usually try and take Fridays as my day off, but today is not going to be a day off now because I have to record this and do a lot of other stuff later. But it's fine. It's fine because my biggest priority is getting this podcast up for you, my beautiful, lovely listener. So yes, I'm sorry if you did try and listen to it, the original one, and we're like, what the hell's going on? Um, I'm an idiot. <laughs> that was going on. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. How are we doing today? How are we doing? It has actually been a while. Well, I was about to say, it's been a while since I recorded a solo podcast. It's been a day, um, but it's been a while since you've heard me record a solo podcast. Uh, obviously, the last two, I had the amazing Zena and then Zoe on as guests, which was obviously amazing. Um, so nice to get to chat to those. I really enjoyed both those episodes. But today, it's just going to be me, myself and I, because um, I do love a little bit of a solo podcast. Obviously, it's a, it's a chance for me to talk about myself a little bit at the start, especially. <laughs> so, of course, let's get into that. Let's get into a little bit of an update on myself, how my mini cut is going, um, especially since this week's been a, quite an exciting week, you guys. So, I'm currently sitting around 21 pounds down. So it's been, it's been actually seven weeks now, but even I hit like 153 last Sunday and 153 today again, um, on Friday. And I'll get into why that's the case in a minute. Um, but in the, in those kind of six, six and a bit weeks, I was basically sitting 21 pounds down, which has been an average weight loss of about three pounds a week. Uh, even more actually like three and a half pounds a week, every single week, which is insane. This has honestly been one of the easiest diets I've ever done. I say easy in the sense that my body has been super responsive. It hasn't been easy in the sense that it's actually been the most aggressive diet that I've done straight off the bat, like in terms of calories and cardio and stuff like that. But you know, I have no issues with doing that. Like at this point in my career, I can go hard. It really doesn't bother me. Um, I'm pretty immune to it. And like, to be fair, once you're kind of settled into your diet, it doesn't feel difficult because it just feels like a routine. Um, but like for a bit of context in terms of that weight loss. So when I prepped in 2022, I t- dieted for a total of 31 weeks. And in that time, I dropped 40 pounds. Okay. So I've dropped half of that in six and a half weeks. Obviously, the joy of being assisted. All right. You know, like I'm not going to not going to pretend that's not the case. Obviously, I'm using clenbuterol. I'm using growth hormone. I'm using um, thyroid replacement therapy, which is actually prescribed by a doctor. So <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't count as PEDs. <laughs> That's just medication. Um, and then also, you know, I have um, testosterone replacement therapy in place, which, you know, we know that testosterone is going to aromatize to estradiol. And both of these things are going to have positive impacts on our ability to lose body fat, all right, as well as maintain muscle mass. But on top of all of that, my adherence is also 
perfect. All right. Like, let's not, let's not get that confused. I am literally, I, I don't miss it. <laughs> so, you know, you combine all those things. It makes for a pretty easy breezy diet. However, I will say the last, like last weekend, especially it, it was starting to feel quite hard. So I think from like Friday, Friday onwards, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, guys, I was absolutely starving, starving. I was so hungry. And it's so interesting because I actually don't normally get that when I diet. Like I'm quite lucky in that sense that usually I don't feel super hungry. I more so just feel kind of dead. Like my energy goes a little bit crap and my training kind of suffers a bit. Um, But normally like the way that I kind of set up my diet, like I kind of I know how to set up my nutrition throughout the day and like how to space out my meals to stop myself getting hungry. Like I'll obviously get a bit hungry, but not like, like this week or like last week, it was like literally I would finish a meal and I was hungry again straight away. I was like, oh my God, this is actually grim. So yeah, that wasn't very fun, but, but I also felt like I saw the most changes in my physique. Like literally it was like I woke up on Friday and my body just kind of went, okay, you're lean now. Like my abs came out, my legs are looking leaner. So like the, despite it feeling the hardest I have felt, I looked the best I had looked and that just made me like not care. And this is the thing with dieting. Like if you want to look better than you've ever looked before, you're going to have to push harder and you're probably going to have to experience those hard days. Like you don't, it's not easy to get in shape, <laughs> like obviously not. So you kind of have to be willing to go through that. And it's something I've really changed my approach to dieting or that has changed my mindset within dieting. I should probably say like, I used to hate those days. I used to be like, oh my God, like I don't want hard days. But now I'm like, no, that like, if I have a, like a hard day, like there was one day I woke up in the middle of the night and I was oh, so hungry, but I was like, I'm having a new low way in tomorrow. Like I know it. And sure enough, I did. I had like a big drop. So yeah, it was, it was tough, but it was kind of fun. But I was also feeling like honestly battered. <laughs> like uh, as you can imagine, like having that large shifts in weight drops, like every single week, it was definitely starting to take its toll a little bit. And so Christian, the fucking, the boss man, he was like, right, Emma, he sent me my check-in on Tuesday. And uh, he had mentioned high days like a few weeks ago. And I was like, hmm, okay, I was like, is this going to be, is it, is it going to be this week? And uh, anyone who's coached by Christian will know when he sends his feedback, it's like, it'll say like Emma feedback, or it'll say Emma feedback and adjustments. And when it says and adjustments, it obviously means he's made a change. And so I saw the message and I was like, this man is either about to ruin my day or make my day. Like this either means he's cut my calories and increased my cardio even more, or he's giving me high days. And I had a feeling it was high days because my weight was still dropping super quick. And sure enough, he was like, all right, we're doing three, three high days this week, higher food and guys, not even just like more carbs, double carbs double carbs. So from 175 carb on a training day to 350 grams of carbs. <laughs> Guys, I wasn't even having that much carbs in my off season. I don't think, I can't remember, but I don't think I was up at 350. I think I was, may no, maybe I was at 350 actually. I can't remember. Either way, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and I've just been enjoying like all of the good food. I've been having pineapple, banana. Oh my God. Like these, like these are the things I literally crave when I'm dieting. Today, I'm going to make myself some baked oats. Guys, I can't fucking wait. Banana and Biscoff baked oats. Oh yeah. As soon as he said higher carb day, I was like, I'm having baked oats. <laughs> um, just like, it's just been so nice. Even yesterday, I literally had rice. I had chicken and rice and I was like, oh, it's actually crazy. Like nobody will understand it until you have dieted like like really, really, like dieted hard, not even hard, but like very adherently, like you will understand how fucking good food tastes. Like even like just that kind of food. Like yesterday I was eating my meal and I was like, this is so much nicer to me than like a pizza. Like it's so much more tasty. 
Like, oh my God, fuck yes. Also, I've been having tacos. I love tacos, but I've been putting pineapple on them. Like, like I've been cooking the pineapple. Guys, I think I'm gonna have to try pineapple on pizza. It's actually so good. Um, maybe in the future, but we'll see. But anyway, it's been nice. It's been beautiful. Um, it's just been nice to feel a little bit fuller. Um, and feel like my physique's coming back to life a little bit and I'm excited to train over the next few days. I've got a big leg day today. This is my last high day. Um, and then I'll obviously have my high, uh, I'll have legs on Sunday. So we'll see how I'm feeling with more carbs and, you know, all that sort of stuff before we go back into a deficit, which to be fair, I'm already excited to go back into a deficit. I think, um, running high days is always a bit of a weird one. Anybody who's prepped might kind of know this, but they are enjoyable because it's like, oh yes, I get more food. Oh my God, so nice. But you do kind of feel like you're going backwards in a sense. Like obviously my weight has kind of stayed the same all week, which is good in a way because it's like, okay, I'm able to handle that much of an influx in carbohydrates and my body weight is maintaining. That's quite uh, good. But when you're in a deficit, you're getting that constant like dopamine hit of scales going down. I'm looking leaner. And then I have one of those physiques that I feel, I feel anyway, I don't look best straight after a high carb day. I look best like two to three days afterwards. So like I need a day or two back in a deficit to kind of tighten up again, especially because like I'm not like, I mean, I still got like a good amount of body fat on me. So it's not like when you're shredded and you do a high day and you're like all vascular and like, I just look a little bit softer in my opinion. So I'm kind of excited to get back into the deficit and get back to pushing. Like I know there's a lot of benefits to high days um, in terms of like fullness, training, just give a bit of a psychological mental break and stuff like that. But like, I know we needed this week. I know like I, I would have been like run into the ground if I kept just going at the rate I was. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a weird one. It is a weird one, but I'm trying to just appreciate the food because it's honestly amazing. Um, and you know, again, it's data. It's data for Christian to um, understand how my body responds to more carbs. Um, but yeah, I'm just getting super excited now. Even like yesterday, I actually compared one of my pictures from last week to when I ended my mini cut last year. And like my legs are like, twice the size and I was like oh okay maybe I have actually grown and like I've literally to think I've only had like five months in a surplus it's very exciting so I'm really looking forward to getting back to growing and getting absolutely massive before next year um because yeah I'm getting really excited to prep now really 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 excited I've been doing so much more posing it's posing is way more fun when you're lean um but like posing practice a lot more so that by the time I prep I've got that locked in and it's all kind of second nature and I just can't wait to compete again you guys I just can't wait to compete again I'm not ready to do it yet Christine was like we should just prep now and I was like no (laughs) it's not it's not happening bruv um I'm not big enough like I don't want to get on stage and look like a small child and the wellness girls are big especially in the shows that I want to do um so yeah but I'm looking forward to it can't wait to get back I can't wait to get back into a deficit for a little bit more longer um, and get a bit leaner. And then I also can't wait to uh, grow again. So it's all good. It's all good. And another bit of exciting news in case anybody didn't see, in case you don't follow me on Instagram, I am officially one of the 1MR sponsored athletes. So I am absolutely buzzing about this, you guys. Um, 1MR is a brand that I've supported since day one. So it's owned by Josh Bridgman. He is an IFBB pro from the UK. Actually, one of the first bodybuilders I ever followed. Back in like 2019, I remember watching him doing his prep, trying to get his pro card for the first time. Um, and actually, I got to know him last year because he was living in 
Canada. He was living in Pure and I ended up doing some modeling <laughs> for the brand. So if, if you actually go into their website and go into their clothes pages, like you'll see loads of pictures of me, um, which was crazy at the time. And then he reached out to me and said, you know, we're expanding the athlete team and love, love to have you on board. And I was like, what the hell? Imposter syndrome. But it's literally like any of my clients will know this is the, the only brand I recommend in terms of lifting equipment. So they're like a, a, a cloth, they're kind of clothing, but mostly like gym accessories, um, equipment, like cuffs. They were like, he, he, they're the OG cuffs, right? Like if you want cuffs, you get them from one or more. They're the best ones. Um, like wrist wraps, lifting straps, belts, knee sleeves, everything, everything you need. And obviously he's been showing us like his plans for the future. And he has some really exciting stuff go- coming. If you are a bodybuilder, it's like your one-stop shop for all things, lifting equipment and also just show day travel equipment. They're actually releasing um, today as I'm recording the coffee collection at 6 p.m. UK time. So the coffee collection is um, just lifting accessories, the name the name is on the tin that no yeah the name is on the tin i've definitely said that wrong but um it is uh all accessories in browns and he, like those kind of like neutral hues so me um i actually have a pair of the sample wrist wraps he gave them to me last year last like september or something and he was like oh we got these in and i just instantly thought of you because i only ever wear brown um so i have those but i'm still waiting on my um actual package because shipping to canada obviously talk, takes a while but I, if you are interested in getting anything, the, the stuff is going to go fast. So there you go. And if you do want to support your gal for anything, whatever more, any orders, you can use my discount code Emma10 and you'll get money off. It's obviously commission. So I will earn a little bit from that. Um, so yeah, please support me. Thank you. Okay. Aside from that, aside from that, the only other big thing in my life is um exactly, well, yesterday I was exactly four weeks away from moving. Um, I'm actually 26 days away from moving now. So on the 27th of March. Also guys, it's March. What the fuck? What the fuck? I'm so happy. I'm sorry. February was the longest month ever, which is wild because it's actually the shortest month. I don't know what it was by February. I wasn't a big fan of the vibes. I wasn't a big fan. I kind of wish that we had moved last month because March already looks like it's going to be insanity in terms of coaching and work and stuff like that. But also, yeah, I think we should have moved last month. But it is what it is. It is what it is. We made our decision. We made our bed. So now we are lying in it. Um, But yeah, like this month's going to be kind of crazy just with moving to Spain, getting our house all packed up here. Well, not even packed up here, getting rid of everything. The annoying thing about Canada is everything comes unfurnished. So we have to Un like so we have we had to furnish this place and now we have to unfurnish it but like we're not moving in Canada so we basically have to get rid of loads of shit we're just gonna give it to give it to charity if we can't sell it but anyway it's just like it's gonna be a bit of a pain in the hole but it is gonna be so worth it we've also got already got our house in Spain and uh oh guys it's right beside the beach it's right beside the beach and I cannot like it's so funny because a few weeks ago we we, we were looking at this other place and uh, it was really, really nice and we really wanted it. We ended up, we didn't end up getting it, um, but it was actually like, like maybe a 10 minute drive from the beach, like 10 minutes inland. So, um, and it's so funny because I, at the start of every year, I was, I vision board and vision boarding is my thing. I love doing it. And one thing I put on it was like a picture of like a house beside the sea. And um, I just really wanted that. Like that was like one of my biggest dreams was like one that I could just walk to the beach because I actually grew up my house, like where I've lived my whole life is on a cliff overlooking the sea. I've always been able to just go down to the beach. It's one of the places I feel the most whole. Like I just, I really miss it. It's one thing I hate about Toronto is like, you're not anywhere near the ocean. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm missing a part of me. It's kind of crazy. Um, but anyway, I put this picture on my vision board and then we got this place and actually it ended up being way cheaper than the other place we were looking at and right beside the sea. And it's just perfect. And yeah, I'm just so excited. So 
thank you thank you to me pass me for manifesting that one um but I'm just I'm really really excited I'm really excited um it's gonna be a bit of a stress getting there and the travel and stuff but I know once I'm there and settled it's gonna be amazing um and yeah that's kind of like the update on me and my life and all that good stuff um it's definitely gonna be a crazy month but a very exciting month I think um and definitely like March March Madness has kicked off guys like the last week has been quite crazy for myself and Zoe in terms of like inquiries new clients coming on board um I'm actually gonna be closing my coaching spaces early this month so the 20th is going to be the last day kind of that I'm taking people on if you are interested in working with me because I always wait until the end to plug coaching but I, I am a coach so I'm going to plug my own fucking business here Um, you can l- click the link in the bio to work with me I only have like three or four spaces left for clients with myself Zoe has quite a few spaces and she's not like uh, like she'll be taking on clients the whole month all right so if you do want to work for with her for like lifestyle of course you can if you want to work with me, um, I won't, like I said, won't be taking people on past like the 20th, probably until like the mid, mid April, because I'm going to be settling into my new life in Spain. And I want to make sure that I'm giving my current clients all of my attention. All right. So that's just a little, a little brief note on that one. Cause yeah, March is typically a busy time for, um, for me. So just kind of, you know, summer's coming get started now basically all right okay so anyway i'm going to talk about the topic of today's episode so today i want to chat about some of the things that i think we should all be working on so that we can get the most out of our fitness journey make the whole process seamless and enjoyable for ourselves as possible now obviously there's no shortage of nutrition information online and training information online there's so many videos about like the kind of the nuts and bolts of fitness in that sense but I know from my own bodybuilding journey as well as coaching others I know what this the the, the traits that people have that kind of make this successful all right I know that so much more goes into it than just knowing how to diet and how to train so today I'm going to talk about those key skills that I think are really crucial for you to work on and develop and this one's obviously going to be a little bit more on the kind of mindset side of things which I always love recording these episodes anyway there is some practical tips in there too so I do hope that you enjoy it and that you take something away from it so as always before we get into the podcast don't forget to rate review and follow my show thank you especially if you like me and you think that I'm cool um even if you don't can you give me a five-star rating just to make me feel better about myself thank you also guys I hit 50,000 listens on this podcast which I am so thankful for um I that I can't actually conceptualize that in my brain um to think I'm, I'm a year in and like I get like I don't know like 11 1100 people a week on average listen to the show that to me like like I know there's people who like millions listen to their podcasts I mean like Chris Williamson kind of thing but like I'm obviously not Chris Williamson <laughs> but like yeah if I was to think about that many people in a room that's that's quite a lot of people in a room listening to me chat absolute shit <laughs> So if you're one of my loyal, my loyal podcast fans, I appreciate you endlessly. And yeah, literally like, thank you so, so much. Obviously, if you do support the show and rate it and stuff, it gets shown to more people and I can help even more people. Hopefully, hopefully that's obviously the whole point of this fucking show. Um, yes, it's a place for me to just ramble my thoughts, but it's also a place for me to help people provide value. Maybe just entertainment. Maybe you're, maybe, maybe people are just laughing at me the whole time. I don't care. You're giving me listens. Okay. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So we're going to start with the biggest thing that I think makes the biggest difference when we're looking at being successful within our fitness journey. And that is time management skills and being organized. Okay. When we think about achieving any goal, 
right? It doesn't matter if it's fat loss, if it's building muscle, if it's building a business, if it's changing jobs, getting a degree, moving house, um, even like a relationship, whatever. When we boil it down, we're essentially just trying to fit in the required actions on a day-to-day or a week-to-week basis, okay? We don't achieve any goal in just like one huge effort. Like you don't write a book in a day if it's a good book. You don't change your body in a week. You know, we, we, we achieve these things when we repeat and do the same often mundane tasks daily. And where a lot of people trip up is that they actually just don't take the time to plan ahead and factor in all of these different actions that they need to take. And it's the most common excuse. Oh my God, sorry, I need to cough. These are the times that I wish I um, edited this. Do you know what? If I edited this podcast, I would have realized yesterday that there was no sound on the fucking thing. (sighs) That's a lesson learned for me is one, run a test recording, run a test recording, but two, Maybe just listen to the podcast to make sure the sound's okay. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I completely lost where I was there. Oh yes, time management. So the most common excuse that I get from people when they don't reach their goals or they're not, they haven't tried yet is, oh well, I just don't have the time. And look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be brutally honest with you. Most of us have time. We just don't make it a priority. So I understand, right? Some people work long hours. They have responsibilities to their families and stuff like that. But you always, always have time to fit in, even if it's like one or two workouts a week or a walk a day or even like an hour to prep some meals. I think a lot of people want to believe that if they want to be successful in their fitness journey, they have to sacrifice hours every single day to this because then they have an excuse not to even try. But I've coached women who work full time, their mothers, their mothers as well. And I've seen them still get it done. Okay. Because they really want it. They really want it. And they are stubborn and they will make it work. You know, you have to remember, like if you're working on your goals, it's not selfish. It's never selfish, especially if it's making you a better person, especially if it's making you somebody who's going to live a healthier, longer life, you know? And like, I know you might be listening to this and you might be like, well, like all of this is super easy for you to say, like you're a fucking self-employed coach with no children like no responsibilities but and and that's true that is completely true i do not um dis dis disacknowledge what what would be the word what would be the word for i don't not acknowledge i know i'm privileged but i have also done this while working full time in a lab prepping coaching on the side um and like guys working full time in a lab especially as like a research assistant the hours are fucking crazy like there was days i was in there until like 11 p.m and then up the next day back in the lab for like 8 a.m so trust me i fucking know what it can be like um to have all of this stuff and like it's it's, it is tough but i also know the power of being organized (laughs) like i was just i just did not let that be an excuse for me not reaching my goals. Like I sat down every week, I plan my weeks, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to get into all that in a minute. So I'm going to say this now, being disorganized or being bad with time, air quotes, that they are not character traits. They are not character traits. They are not your personality. All right. Don't give me that bullshit. Don't even think about using that as an excuse. Being organized is a choice. All right. Managing your time is a choice. And if you don't actively choose to manage your time and take control of the weeks, then you just leave yourself open to being controlled by the week and by other people and all these external factors, you know? We want to think about this as a skill. And y'all know what I say about skills. We get better at them with practice, with practice and intention. So I just want to quickly go through how we can learn the skill of time management. Now, 
look, there's so many books, YouTube videos about this and like productivity and like how to get more shit done. Someone I do really recommend checking out is Ali Abdal on YouTube. So I've been watching a lot of his videos recently and I just finished his book, Feel Good Productivity, which I actually really enjoyed. So I definitely do recommend that you check that out. But I'm going to try and condense down the main things that I think we should be focusing on when it comes to planning our weeks. And this is something I get clients to do all the time. I have a whole weekly planning webinar which you can actually watch if you join my free circle community link down below. And that is, it's, it's in depth, right? I think it's like half an hour long, but it shows you exactly how to figure out what you need to do and how to get it done. But we want to look at planning our weeks um, and kind of getting a rough idea of what we need to do when we need to do it. And more specifically, I'm talking about the important stuff. All right. Cause again, how easy is it to get sidetracked and focus on the not so important stuff? You know, like, let's be real, guys. I am talking about scrolling. I am talking about scrolling. I really am procrastination, you know, and suddenly you look up the day, the day is over and then the week is over and the weeks just keep going by and nothing has changed. You know, nothing has changed because you haven't made any changes. And so a phrase I use a lot is change doesn't happen by accident. All right. It happens when you are intentional and you plan for it. Okay. You have to plan for change to happen. So the first thing we want to do is kind of zoom out, right? Like just zoom out and think, right. Most people live their lives in a very zoomed in approach. So they just wake up, they go through the day, minute by minute, hour by hour, they react to life as it happens to them. But now we want to actually just zoom out and look at the week in total. So ask yourself within a week, what are the things I need to do that are going to move the needle forward? So this is going to help you focus on what actually matters. So again, that could be, okay, I need to plan and prep my meals. I need to get out for steps every single day. I need to get to the gym three times a week. I need to um, study for an hour a day or, you know, I need to, uh, I don't know, like whatever. Like, And again, don't just do this for like fitness, like do this for everything. All right. Because again, these are skills that are going to apply to every single area of your life and make you better. And also just something I really want to make like make clear here is like I genuinely believe that when you organize your time and you you actually prioritize your health and fitness you become more productive in every other area of life your cognition is better your time management is better you have more energy like I don't know anybody who has started prioritizing their health and fitness who it hasn't positively impacted every other area of their life all right so just that's something to keep in mind like instead of thinking like oh I don't have an hour a day it's like well, no, if you give an hour to a workout, you might now get the rest of your task done in a much shorter space of time. Uh, most tasks, I think it's Parkinson's law, a task will fill the amount of time you give to it. So if you're giving yourself like three hours to do like some something, I don't know, some task, like if you only give yourself an hour, you will probably get it done in an hour. Like it's it's like, it's the reason why if you get um, assigned I don't know, like some some essay to write in college and the due date's in four weeks, you're not going to start it until the week before. I mean, rarely it's, some people do, but a lot of people, they're doing it the night before. Why? Because a task will expand to fill the time that you give to it. So just something to keep in mind. All right. But anyway, first thing, do a time audit. Okay. A current time audit. So you are going to sit down and you're going to write down exactly what you do in 15 minute chunks each day from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed. Because the first step to changing anything, especially our time management, is creating awareness around what we are doing now. Because that then allows us to take control, all right? If you are not aware of what you're doing, how can you control what you're doing? You know, most of us are mindless, okay? We just go through the days, we we never we never stop to consider like, is this, is this actually what I want to be doing? Is this actually getting me closer to where I want to be in life? I mean, most of us don't even consider where we want to be in life. That's a whole different topic. Anyway, but be, be brutally honest when you do this, all right? Include 
the time that you are scrolling, the time you're procrastinating, uh, when you're on the toilet, whatever it is that you're doing, just make sure you are being very, very honest with yourself. And what I would do is like, do this in real time. So don't like, cause the thing is, if you're like thinking, oh, oh, what did I do at that time? Like you're, you're going to be, you're going to be leaning into it yourself. You'll be like, oh no, I wasn't, I wasn't scrolling. But instead it's like, like every 15 minutes, write down, oh shit, what am I currently doing? You might be surprised. Also, you know what? Like, I hate to be that work, that person, but go onto your screen time on your phone and just have a look and see what it's saying. Just have a look. Anyway, the next step then, so we know what we're doing now. We have an awareness. The next thing we need to do is write down what the big rocks for the week are, right? So these are the minimum non-negotiables that we need to complete each task that again is going to drive that drive us forward in terms of our progression. So when we do all these things, we create strong weeks, right? So if you were to think, okay, what's a good week for me that has kind of yielded progress? What are the actions that you're taking within that week? The more of those strong weeks we string together, the better those results are going to be over time. So the reason that I like to do this on a weekly basis and not just daily is because a week is usually going to contain all the different variations of the routines that we might have. So it could be our work days, it could be our weekends, it could be that night that we always meet our friends, um, you know, the day that we have our pottery class I don't know but just it's going to have all of those different variations all right and then usually we want to break things down into four quadrants so that would be like your career your relationships your health health and fitness and then also like emotional spiritual well-being and understanding that all of these things are going to affect each other like I said if you take control of your health and fitness you might show up up better in your relationships you might be more confident within your career you might set aside more time to um devote to being being mindful and you know kind of getting more in touch with your soul, et cetera, et cetera. So in each of these quadrants, I want you to make a list of all the things that you need to do as your minimum non-negotiables. Now, don't overwhelm yourself. Again, be realistic with what you can achieve. So for health, it could be, okay, yeah, you want to hit your calories, but be more specific. So break that down further into the actions that are going to get you there. So that would be like planning your meals, go to the grocery store, prep the meals. If you're somebody who is short on time, okay, maybe I'm going to go and buy a few of the ready-made meals. You know, maybe I'll go to Lidl and get some of the fit food ready meals like maybe maybe you need to get um a grocery maybe you do need to do tesco delivery again like have a think about these things but like think okay how can i ensure that i am going to hit my calorie targets again you might have a step target again be be realistic okay do i need to do a 30 minute walk every day uh i have four training sessions that i want to do um again for career it could be you know i need to do five social media posts or i need to study for an hour each evening for relationships it might be i need to call my mother twice a week I need to meet up with two friends and then for emotional spiritual that could be um like that would be more like a relaxing time like that's that's your time where you're like recharging yourself you know so it could be okay I want to meditate once or twice a week I want to read for 10 minutes a day um just little things like that okay um that one is really important because that's like your kind of relaxing time and that's the time where you again like just get in touch with yourself all right so anyway the next step is take these minimum non-negotiables for the week and plan them when are you going to do them I recommend Google Calendar. All right. I love it. I love it. But if you want to use pen and paper, that's fine. But just make sure you're doing it physically. Like, do not do this in your head, guys. No, no, that's not a good place to do your planning. Your brain, no. We need to get visual. All right. So I would start with obligations. So let's say you're in work from nine to five every single day. You'd probably want to block out that time. Then you could probably block out your commute. All right. But then, you know, you could also plan things within that day. So, you know, you're in work nine to five, but you have an hour lunch. Okay. Half an hour I'm going to be eating, half an hour I go on a walk. Maybe your commute is a walk, or maybe on your commute, you listen to a good podcast or you respond to some emails. Like, you know, 
be smart with your time and with your kind of productivity. And then, so that's like your obligations. Maybe you have to bring the kids to school or you have to go and help your mom do her grocery shopping, like little things like that, like anything that you have to do block those in. All right. And then you just want to start slotting in everything around that. Okay. And be realistic with how your days tend to flow. You know, if you always skip the gym in the evening, don't fucking plan it in the evening. Just do it in the morning before work, like get up earlier and go to the gym before. I am a big fan of this. Um, you want to have anchor points within your day. So that would be bedtime, wake up time and meal times. I think they're good. Like, places to, again, like anchor different things within your day. It's like, okay, between waking up and breakfast, I'm doing this. And then between breakfast and my next meal, I'm doing this, you know, again, like just have those anchor points. And one of the best things you can do for sleep is just go to the, go to bed and wake up at the same time every single day. Yes. Even on the weekends, I know shocker, but be specific when you're doing your actions as well. Okay. This is what we call an implementation intention. So instead of saying, I'm going to go to the gym three times this week, or even I'm going to go to the gym this week, I say to yourself, I'm going to go to the gym three times this week. I'm going to go to the gym at 6am on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Be specific. Okay. When you are specific with when you do things, you are far more likely to follow through with them. We know this from the research. There's so much research on this. Don't be vague, be intentional. Okay. Another thing to think about is your energy. So for example, I know myself, my energy in the morning is miles better. Okay. Like I have a lot of energy when I first wake up. So I do a lot of my high demanding, high cognitively demanding tasks in the morning. For example, I do all of my check-ins in the morning as much as I can. I record podcasts in the morning. Like if I record it, anytime I've recorded a podcast in the afternoon, I'm a fucking mess. Like I'm just so useless. Um, you know, if I have big study things I want to do or just like big projects I'm working on, I try and do those earlier. Whereas more mundane tasks, again, that could be like meal prep or scheduling social media media content, little things like that. I'll do those in the evening when I'm not as switched on, but I don't need to be. And a lot of this comes down to self-awareness. Other people are opposite. Other people are night owls. They can do loads in the evening time. So just kind of, you know, understand that about yourself as well. Um, And don't forget to plan in leisure time as well. All right. And be intentional with that. Again, I know I've maybe bashed scrolling a couple of times, but I do, I do do it. Like I always do in the evening and I allow myself to do it. Right. Because again, by that point I've done all my work, I'm going to allow myself to be a little bit mindless. So again, it's, it's not about never doing these things. And it's also, it's not about being productive 24 seven. You cannot do that. It's not possible. You have to allow time to relax and recharge, but it's just making sure that you are doing that when you intend to do it and not, okay, well, I said I was going to do this project and I've actually ended up uh, scrolling for an hour, right? Cause those, that's where we kind of run into issues here. And then think ahead to the week, right? At the start of everything, every single week, think ahead. Is there anything extra coming up this week that I maybe need to plan for? Is there anything that might derail me a little bit here? So for example, okay, it could be that, right? On Thursday, I have an appointment after work. I know I'm going to be out of the house for eight hours. What do I do? Maybe I need to bring an extra meal with me to have after work rather than hoping I can go from lunch until 7 p.m. without any food. Because if I do that, I am likely to overeat on the way home. Again, little things like that. Think about what's going to go wrong. And also like think about... What has held you back in the past? You know, maybe you and your coworkers go out for drinks every single Thursday and you would rather not do that. Like maybe it's something that you don't actually want to do. So maybe this week you will book in for a class, like if a class in the gym with your friend after work so that you are again, like obligated to go and do that. And then you kind of have a bit of an excuse again, like just little things like that. Um, and again, we want to think about this whole time management thing as an ongoing process. So we constantly are going to review and refine our schedules. So at the end of each week, reflect back, right? How did the week go? 
Did certain tasks take longer or shorter than you expected? You know, what needs to change in the upcoming weeks? It is a constant work in progress. And over time, you'll find you need to actually be less and less strict with planning because the actions become default and they become second nature. Like, I don't actually need to physically plan my weeks out now. Like I'll put in like in my calendar, like if there's specific things that I need to do, but in general, I don't need to write down minute by minute because I know really kind of what my, what my days are going to look like. But if I have a busy week, I will still do it so that I understand when I need to get certain things done. Um, but when you're getting into this, like take, just take the time to do it. Like take 10 to 20 minutes to sit down, plan your week on a Sunday or whatever, because I promise you'll just make your life so much easier for yourself and you'll start actually making some changes. So skill number one, if you want to be successful on your fitness goals or towards your fitness journey, whatever the hell, time management. Okay. My loves, we are organized queens from this, from this point forward. And when we plan for change to happen, it tends to happen. It's funny how that works out. So next skill that I think is worth developing is the skill of being able to call yourself out on your own bullshit. All right. So look, we all want to believe that we are doing our very best. (laughs) You know, we want to believe that we are trying our hardest. We want to believe that if we have excuses that they are valid, we, it's not our fault if we don't show up and that we're not reaching our goals. But sometimes You need to recognize when you're just not working hard enough and when you are just not trying hard enough and when you are letting the ball drop. Okay. And I'm not saying this is like, I'm not saying this is always the case. Okay. Not at all. But as humans, we tend to fall prey to cognitive dissonance. So this is where we hold two conflicting views or beliefs, or we, we hold a belief, but then we act in a different way. So for example, we might say, Oh, no, I I eat really, really healthy. But if we were to actually break it down, we're eating quite low protein you know, at the weekends, we drink a lot. Actually, we're, we're always having a takeaway every single weekend um, and kind of eating quite a lot at that sitting. But because we eat a few salads when we're at work, we tell ourselves like, oh no, I'm putting in the work. Like I, I'm eating healthy and I just don't know why not, why, why I'm not getting results. It's like, hmm, I know why. <laughs> um, or we might tell ourselves like, oh no, I, I go to the gym, I go to the gym. But when we're there, we're doing the absolute bare minimum and we're actually not pushing hard at all. Or like, oh no, I hit my steps, but like, it's because you go on like a 20 minute walk. But if you're actually to look, you're getting like 3000 steps a day. So again, like we, we want to believe we're sometimes that we're trying really, really hard when maybe that's not the case. And being able to just be brutally honest with yourself is so important. And like, look, I've coached a lot of people. I know when someone's lying to me, like I know, because when, when people say they're like, no, I'm like, I'm sticking to my calories and I just don't know why I'm not making any progress. And like, it's like, I know why. And like, I'm not an idiot. It's like, like, unless there's something severely wrong with your metabolism, there is no way that you are eating the calories you say you're eating and you are not losing weight. Like it's physically impossible. I need to send you off to a, like a science, scientific institution to get this looked at if this is the case. But they like, I mean, as a coach, it's, I can't really tell people, no, you're lying to me. Obviously it's, it's hard. Like it's a hard one to navigate. Right. But actually what usually gets me with this is people are kind of lying to themselves too. And I actually think that's worse. <laughs> like it's really, I think it's, it's look, if you have a coach and you lie to them, that is the stupidest thing you can ever do. Like, why are you paying somebody? And then you're lying to them because then they can't help you. Um, but I think it's worse if you're breaking your own trust because that's just, no bueno. All right. And look, I understand why we do it. I know we, I know we do it. I've done it in the past, but it's because we don't want to admit that we're, you know, at fault. We don't want to admit that we've done something wrong to others or to ourselves. And I think like, do you know what I think is like a classic example of this is, um, people, like if you're driving and someone cuts you off, like you'll be like, what the fuck? Like, like get proper road rage. But 
if you're driving and you accidentally cut somebody off, you're like, oops, <laughs> it's a mistake. Like I do this all the time, like all the time. So like, I know that I do this as well. Like when someone else does it, you assume that they're just like completely arrogant, just don't give a fuck. Um, but when you do it, you're like, oh shit, that was an honest mistake. Like we will always believe that for us, it's an honest mistake, but for other people, like they're be- being intentional with that. So again, it's just kind of shows like when it comes to ourselves, our thinking can be a little bit skewed. And look, again, I'm going to make everybody feel better by calling themselves out because I will give an example of myself. I could have given so many examples here, but I think one that like just is most recent for, with for me is um my last off season. So I definitely, <laughs> I let myself get way too relaxed. All right. Like way too relaxed. And you know what happened? I got too fat too quick. I did. I did. There's a reason why off season was only like fucking five months. Like like really, realistically, I should have been able to st- sustain it for a lot longer than that. But I just, I just, I was just being a little bit of a greedy piggy. All right. Like I would have a lot of extra calories. Like I'd have multiple coffees a day with like, you know, milk and creamers and like I'd get lattes from Starbucks with like the cold foam on top. They're like 300 calories, right? I was using the vanilla Greek yogurt, which has, and tracking it as the plain one. And that has like quite a lot of extra carbs. Um, I'd have extra chocolates, like extra biscuits here and there. When we went out to eat, I would eat a lot. Like if we had trips away, I was way too relaxed. Like we went, you know, we went to, um, Orlando and Seattle, um, to go to the Olympia and WMBF Worlds. And both of those, I basically just stopped tracking and kind of just ate whatever I want. And yeah, do you know what guys? Like I paid the price. I paid the price. And like at the end of that kind of off season and kind of coming into this dieting phase, I was like, okay. I had to really like, you know, sit down and think, I don't want this to happen again. Like, I don't want to ruin my next off-season phase because I get too greedy too quickly. Like, look, I'm not saying that if you do any of those things, you're wrong, but it's just for me as an athlete, like, I want to really take this year seriously in terms of setting myself up well for prep. And one of those things is going to be not letting myself get too out of shape too quickly. Like, I want to be a fucking athlete. Like, yes, I still want to live life. I want to have flexibility, but you can have flexibility in a more reined in manner, I think. Um, so I'm not going to just be like full, like, oh no, I can't, can't go away for a meal because I'm a bodybuilder, but I don't want to just like also be like, oh, well it's off season. So I'll just eat what I want. Okay. Like I have my prep in mind now. Um, but yeah, to call myself out on that, I was like, <laughs> I said to Christian, I was like, keep me accountable to this. Cause I don't want to get fat too quick. Also, like, I don't like it. Like, I'm sorry. Like I don't, I, I, I was, I felt very uncomfortable for quite a long time at the end of that last off season. But again, it was fully my fault. And I can, I can hold my hands up and say that, right? Like in the moment, I was like, it's fine. It's fine. And then it all catches up in you and you're like, Oh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have done all that. So yeah, it's kind of just learning your limits, I suppose. But there's so many other examples of when I can call myself out for having not been a good, a good person, not a good person, but you know what I mean? Doing things I probably shouldn't have done. So take from, take, some, take some time for yourself and just kind of ask yourself, like, where are you messing up? Okay. If you have not achieved your goals yet, ask yourself, why do you think that is? And look, there could be so many reasons. It could be because you're just being impatient. It could be because the plan you're following isn't very good. Um, maybe you don't have the knowledge and you don't have the right coach or somebody to help you. Like these things happen. But if you've tried loads and loads and loads of different methods and none work there's one common denominator and that is you so uh, be brutally honest with yourself why do you think you're messing up because you probably know the answer but that's a good thing because when you know why you're fucking up you can change that 
you can make your because then the power is in your hands. Okay. Now I want to make a clear distinction. Just calling yourself out on your bullshit, that's not the same as just being really fucking mean to yourself and falling into like a spiral of negativity and self-hatred and like giving up because you haven't been perfect. But instead, it's like call yourself out in the same way that a coach would or a friend would. So like be constructive, be like, okay, where have I messed up? It's, it's again, it's not a reflection on you and your character. It doesn't mean you're a failure, but it's a chance to call out those actions and behaviors and just vow to do better in the future. Because when we admit where we're going wrong, we can start making plans to do it right next time. And that's the whole point of this fucking endeavor. Okay. So next thing we want to work on. All right. Patience, patience. I'm just thinking of that song. Is it, is it Gary Barlow or Robbie Williams? Have a little patience. What is that one? I don't know. Somebody can tell me. Anyway, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that if you've listened to my content for a while, you'll know I always talk about playing the long game, especially with your physique goals. You know, stop thinking about what you can achieve in eight to 12 weeks and start thinking about what you can achieve in a year or two years or five years with consistent work and effort. I think a lot of people trip themselves up because they are impatient and it happens all the time with new clients. You know, they two, three weeks in, they're wondering why they don't look drastically different or maybe they see their weight stall for a week and they're like, oh, we need to cut calories. We need to add cardio. And it's like, how many times has this happened to you? You know, you start a new plan or a new program and because you don't look like a fitness influencer in a few weeks, you just give up because you think nothing works. And then you just restart the cycle again every few months. Practicing patience is so important for keeping your head screwed on in fitness and thinking about this in a longer term time frame. And again, I get it, right? I will be a week into a dieting phase and I'm looking for abs. And I used to get really annoyed if the scale would hover for a few days, I'd get really stressed about it. But over the years, um, I've just learned to trust the process more. I've learned how to be patient. I've managed to not let those frustrations crop up as much. Like I know if I put the work in and tick the boxes, it will happen. You know, it, it will happen. It's like in this dieting phase, like I have every single week, the first few days of the week, my weight always hovers and then it will suddenly drop down at the weekend. Like I'm just, and I just just know that it happens. So it's great because it means I don't freak out when I do see it kind of hovering a little bit. All right. But again, you learn this through sort of experience, but learning how to be patient and knowing like you're not going to be dropping a pound every single day. It shouldn't happen. It's going to fluctuate. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. That's normal. All right. And I say this to clients all the time and just people in general, your body composition is not a reflection of what you're doing right now or what you're doing this week. It's the result of what you've been doing over the last few weeks, months, you know, and how all those actions have accumulated. And I also know that sometimes it does take the scales a few days to catch up to my actions, you know, and that's just part of part of how my body works apparently at this point. And Again, patience is hard to come by these days because we live in this world of immediate gratification. You know, we can get whatever we want with the touch of a button, like delivered to our door in less than a day sometimes, which thank you, Amazon Prime. I do love you for that. But really, it's, you know, the the best things in life, the best relationships, the best careers, the best results in fitness. They don't come overnight. They come through slow and steady work and accumulation, you know, like Take me, for example, like, okay, maybe if you've been following this diet or whatever, you might go, oh, Jesus, in six weeks, she's changed a lot. But you have to remember, yeah, it's six weeks now, but I've been training for 10 years. So the results I've actually gotten in the last six weeks, it's also the accumulation of all of that work I've done, building my muscle, um, building my skills within dieting, um, you know, building my body, my mindset, all of that accumulates now. So just remember that, okay, it's not... 
it's not always just a case of, oh, you stick to your diet, you look super different. It's like, what's, what's, what's come before that? That's actually made a big difference. And a phrase I love is that we should be patient in the process, but urgent in the day to day. And I think this sums up this concept really, really beautifully. So when I say be patient, I don't mean like be very like lackadaisical, like oh, half-ass your workouts because it's going to take ages anyway, or you know, ah, oh, you may as well skip your skip your steps because it's not going to matter tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying, okay? Like, no, you should still work your fucking ass off every single day, but be patient in the sense that you know the hard work you do today, it's going to pay off down the line in the future, okay? You give your everything now, those results are going to come. It doesn't mean like, oh, well, it's going to take because. I think as well, sometimes I get this from clients. I feel like, oh yeah, well, I know it's going to take ages anyway. So it's like, what's the point in like trying super hard? It's like, um, if you try super hard, it probably won't take quite as long, but that's like the wrong way to approach it. It's like, no, 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 you need to understand like, yeah, it's, it's probably going to take you a bit longer to get like your dream body. You can still get really good results though in the next like eight, 12 weeks, but it's just understanding like the, the extent of what those results are going to manifest as. Okay. So Let's get into the next one, getting into the next piece of the puzzle. And this is one thing that's made a massive difference to my own process. Um, It's also something I notice in clients who tend to be quite successful as well. And this is having the ability to regulate your emotions, to be mindful and to be present. So obviously I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist, nothing like that. But something I've worked on massively myself over the years, both with my own learning and exploring, but also in therapy in the last year is this skill of regulating my emotions and just being more mindful. So this really comes into play when we think about how we allow our emotions to dictate the actions that we take. And you might have heard me say this before, but sometimes it actually just doesn't matter how you feel in the moment. You still have to show up and take action regardless. You might not feel like doing your cardio or prepping your meals or going out for a walk, but if you've got a big goal, you kind of have to do these things anyway, right? Like if you're doing a photo shoot prep or you're stepping on stage, like you're going to have days where you feel like shit and you still have to kind of do things. But even like, you know, you might have a day where you don't want to go to work, but you have to go to work because if you don't go, you're going to get fired. You know, like sometimes how you feel is irrelevant. And again, this isn't me saying that you need to suppress how you feel or ignore how you feel, but it's more so learning, like, can you, can you learn how to sit with the feeling, like feel the feeling, sit with the emotion and then still move on with your day and still carry out what you need to do? So how do we even begin like learning to regulate our emotions? Okay. Because this is obviously a really difficult skill, you know, and I can only speak from my own experiences, but I have a few of my own methods and things that I've learned from, again, my own journey through therapy in the last year, but also from reading different books and things like that. So the first one is I try not to reject any emotions or at least I try. Uh, I mean, I do my best not to try to, or I do my best to try not to reject emotions. So what I mean by that is like, if I feel sad, I don't beat myself up for feeling sad. And if I feel frustrated, I don't get frustrated at the emotion of frustration. You know, if I'm stressed, I try not to guilt myself for feeling stressed I let those emotions come in and sometimes, sometimes I try and ask like what they're trying to tell me. Um, sometimes I can't always get to the bottom of it, you know, and that's okay as well. Sometimes like, look, we're humans. Okay. We, ha- we're, we're, we're these spiritual beings having this human experience. Those emotions that we kind of experience are going to go up and down. And also they have to guys, like this is one thing I've learned really a lot. Um, I learned this, like I would say like quite a few years ago, um, 
especially through grief. I think this is the way, the place that I've learned this is, um, you know, through grieving, I kind of learned, well, you don't get to feel grief as, as deep as I felt, unless you felt love as, as much as I felt as well. And it's the same with happiness. You won't get to experience true joy and happiness unless you experience true sadness. Okay. We need them to give contrast. They have to, they, they both have to exist. If you felt happy all the time, you wouldn't feel happy because you would just become numb to it. All right. So I think like for me, I've learned to embrace every single emotion because they're all, they all serve a purpose. And the whole point of being here on this earth, having this human experience is to experience all of these amazing emotions for what they are. Um, something I really try to remember is like, I'm not the emotion. Um, I'm just experiencing it. So I think language plays a big part here. So instead of saying, you know, I am sad. I try to tell myself like, okay, I notice that I am feeling sad. And this helps me create that space between myself and the emotion. And actually, this is one thing um, I really love about the Irish language. So anyone who speaks Irish will know this, but like we don't speak, we don't say um, directly like I'm sad. The way that you express emotions is you stay, say, I'm um, like, if I want to say I was sad, I would say like ta brown arm. And that means directly translated sadness is on me. Uh, so it's nice because again, it's like, okay, it's just this blanket of emotion on me. It's not me. I like me, the entity, Emma, I am not sad. I just am. I just am. I am experiencing this emotion. And, you know, when we think about emotions, they're sort of like ripples on the ocean or they're clouds in the sky, right? Like the the ripples, the clouds, they pass, they pass through, but underneath there's still that, that, that deep ocean or the, the blue sky, right? You know, if the people will be like, oh, the sky is great. The sky isn't gray. It's the clouds. The blue sky is still always there. All right. And you have to remember that they will pass. So it's the same with your emotions. Observe them. Observe how they feel physically. Observe where you're feeling them. You know, do you feel it in your chest? Do you feel it in your stomach? Do you feel a lightness through your feet and your legs? You know, can you give them a color? Can you give them a texture? That's something I do a lot. And again, it's just creating space between yourself and that feeling that you're feeling. And this just for me means I don't totally identify with how I feel. And it also means that then I can still take action, even if I feel a certain way, you know, I can start making steps towards changing that state. Um, cause it's very easy if you're like, I am sad to, to dwell in that and to like wallow. Um, whereas if you can, can just sort of sit down and go, okay, I can feel this feeling. And yeah, maybe I'm going to dwell on it a little and I'm just going to allow it to pass. I think for me, that's the biggest thing is like, I don't try and force it away from myself. I just go, okay, this emotion is here. I notice it. I can sit with it. And now maybe I can start trying to shift that emotional state. You know, like for me, if I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed, I just try and do like one task. Say I've got a million one things to do. I just do one thing. If I'm feeling sad, I try to go outside for a walk because that normally helps me a lot with like my just moving moving energy, like getting that energy in motion. Um, I think being in nature is one of the most healing things that you can do if you're feeling a certain way. Like, and it's hard, right? If you're feeling shitty, you just want to sit inside and feel sorry for yourself. But sometimes just getting outside for a walk in the fresh air, it just reminds you that like, you're this like physical being made up of all these atoms and that's what the earth is. And it just kind of gives you perspective of like, okay, I'm this tiny speck on this fucking rock that's hurtling through space. And I'm upset about like this kind of fickle thing that isn't going to even last. You know, it's just kind of, I, I, I personally like doing that. I am that person. I'm like, bro, we're literally just on a rock in space. That's me. Oh, that is me. 100%. So I love the sea because I love being by the sea and being like, oh my God, like, look at this massive ocean and it's been here for billions of years. And I can see these rocks and they've been here for billions of years. And like, oh my God, you know, just that helps me a lot. Okay. Um, 
journaling as well write down my thoughts that helps me a lot and that like journaling has been one of the things that's made the biggest difference to me being able to process my emotions because when you journal things you're kind of forced to process them in real time and it's meant that now when even if I don't write things down I can process them a little bit better um because thing is like I still have loads of days where I feel shitty and I feel down and I feel sad and I feel stressed but I've learned a bit better how to cope with these feelings not let them distract me from my end goal and um, I've learned I can still get shit done even if it takes me a bit longer and even if I have to be a bit more gentle with myself but like I said I still have these days right and the goal is not to never have bad days the goal is to just not let them like for me it used to be like I would have these very large swings of like feel amazing feel terrible feel amazing feel terrible and when I felt terrible it would last like a week two weeks everything was shit and through therapy one thing I've learned to be able to do is just not let those bad days make me feel like my life is bad that's something that's helped me a lot. And that's, again, it's, it's, it's bled into like every single area of my life. And I think this, again, it transfers into this idea of tolerating discomfort. So I think being mindful and managing your emotions really helps you to tolerate discomfort. And that helps you with your fitness journey. So say you're you're hungry or you're tired or you have cravings. These are really common feelings that come up when we're dieting. And the people who are successful are the ones who can understand that they can withstand these uncomfortable feelings, that they're temporary and that they're going to pass. All right. And it can be hard in the moment to feel completely under control of a craving because, but like, but it's just an uncomfortable sensation or thought and you don't actually have to give into it and do what it says. You know, your cravings are not a medical emergency. I know it sounds really weird, like to somebody who really struggles with this, they'll be like, what are you talking about? But like, you can have a craving and just do nothing about it. Like, like, and think about it, right? I can sit here and think about barbecue chicken wings. I fucking love barbecue chicken wings. And then I create that craving in myself. But like, I can just notice it and just be like, okay, like, yeah, I'm craving that thing. I don't have to eat it though. Do you know what I mean? And again, this is a skill, but the same goes for, say, if you're really tired and you don't want to train, like sometimes you don't really have an option. It has to be done. And it's those moments you have to remind yourself that the feeling is temporary and to be able to step back and observe it for what it is, which is just this like transient phenomenon. And even in the gym during a set, like learning how to tolerate discomfort as we approach failure, again, skill that we work on, but being able to be mindful and sit in that feeling, understand that it's going to pass really really important and these are not skills you pick up overnight like they take time they take practice too but learning to just step back and be a witness to your thoughts feelings and emotions see them as that conditioned response from the past and to actively choose how you're going to respond in the present moment that's really important I really recommend that you read the book That Little Voice Inside Your Head by Mo Gouda if you want to learn a bit more about using your mind rather than being used by it and mindfulness ties in with all of this because it's really mindfulness that allows us to be aware of our current emotional state take that step back mindfulness is not always meditation it's just noticing actively noticing what's going on what you're feeling you know what emotions are coming up what thoughts are coming up what you sense what you see what you smell what you taste um you don't have to start by doing like half an hour of meditation every day all right at certain moments throughout the day just just think about come back into your body come back into yourself and just notice what's going on and especially when you're doing mundane tasks like washing the dishes right okay can you notice the heat of the water and the soap and the bubbles and the smell and the sounds okay or if you're having a a shower is a really good one like can you really because that's when a lot of people will their mind will wander but like okay be mindful can you feel the water hitting you like dripping dripping down you you know can you smell the soap like all that sort of stuff like really focus on everything you're experiencing notice those different sensations and feelings and thoughts that come up and start getting in touch with how you feel which again I don't think this is something enough people do at all so that's mindfulness emotional regulation I could do obviously entire I mean 
I, I couldn't, because I'm actually not a therapist or a counsellor or anything like that or a psychologist, but you could listen to hours and hours and hours of content about that. But again, it's something that can be difficult to to work on, but tr- understanding that you can work on it. Actually, another book I really like is Emotional Agility. I think, I want to say the author is Susan Davis. I could be wrong there. Really good book. Um, okay, so next skill we want to work on is developing an internal locus of control. So this is a concept, the concept of internal and external locus of control. These are psychological terms that we use to describe somebody's beliefs about the things that influence their lives. So if you have an internal locus of control, you believe that you have control over your life and the outcome that you experience. So you will attribute successes to your own abilities, efforts, decisions, hard work. You know, if you achieve something, you know that you did that. Like you are the one who put the work in. Um, you are probably a bit more proactive. You probably take responsibility for your action. So if you mess up, it's on you, right? On the other hand, if you have an external locus of control, you believe that it's external forces. So things like luck, fate, other people that determine the outcomes in your lives, whether they are positive or negative. So you might feel like you don't actually have much control over what happens. You know, if you take action, it's not going to matter. And if you have success or failure, it's not your fault it's somebody else's you know again so it's it's the world society luck fate the universe whatever okay you don't see yourself as being an active agent of change within your own life and these exist in a continuum like i think people will tend to lie more on one end in certain areas of their lives but maybe in something else they lie on another end and i am so firmly of the belief that if we really want to take control of our own lives and especially of our own health and fitness and to actually have the ability to create positive change, we must develop that internal locus of control. I don't think people realize how powerful they actually are. <laughs> like you, and and again, I don't want to get too like woo-woo here because um, I actually am fairly fucking woo-woo. I don't talk about it a lot online. But like I said, at the start of this thing, right? Like I, at the start of the year, put on my little vision board, like I wanted a house beside the sea. And I thought about it every single day. And sure enough, we managed to find one, Okay. Like not easy to do that, you know what I mean? Um, and again, yeah, maybe it was chance, blind luck, fate. But even if it came to okay, me starting my business, like I used to think I just had to follow the path that was laid out for me. I go to college, I get a PhD, I work in academia, and I knew I wanted to be a coach. Like I knew I wanted that, but I just felt like I can't do that because. It's not, it's not within my ability to create that life for myself. When I tell you guys, like sometimes I get emotional thinking about it because obviously I'm somebody who puts a lot of pressure on myself. I always want to be doing more and working harder. But to think that like three years ago, I would have dreamed about this life that I have right now. Like I really would have dreamed about it. And I made it happen. Like I'm the one who made it happen. Nobody else did. I'm the one who put the fucking work in. And you know, sometimes I talk to people and it's like, I can just tell that they feel like they can't change things. They're stuck where they are. And it's like, you're never fucking stuck. You are powerful. And again, I know I'm a fucking privileged white girl. I get that. I get that. Right. So I'm not, I'm not denying that. But I think like believing that you have the power to make things happen for yourself is incredible. And once you have the the evidence that you can do it, like I fully believe if I decide I want something, I will make it happen. It might be hard work. I might fail along the way. I'm going to fuck up many times. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but I will make it fucking happen, you know? And 
the thing is when you're in control, you then take responsibility for your actions. Like you don't blame other people for what happens to you or what you do or what you don't do. You don't let other people be in control of you or your outcomes. Where does this manifest in regards to health and fitness, especially, you know, you know, if you're, let's say you're somebody who works in an office, you know, this can be challenging. I get it. You know, maybe there's people bringing in foods every single day and people bring in treats on a Friday, or there's a canteen that sells like really crappy food. If you have an external locus of control, then you let all of these things derail you. And you also feel like it's not your fault. So if you fuck up on your diet, you sack it off, it's your coworker's fault because she offered you a donut, or it's your boss's fault because he took everybody out for lunch, or it's the canteen's fault because they only have pizza. But if you can start to have more of an internal locus of control, you can see that you are always the one who's in charge, right? You are fucking powerful. You're the one who either chooses to say no, or you choose to say yes when things are offered to you. Like, I don't care. Nobody is pinning you to the floor, shoving food down your throat against your will. It doesn't happen. You always have the ability to say no. You can say, no, I'm okay. I don't want the donut. No, it's okay. I brought in brought in my own lunch. I'm sorry, but you have the fucking ability. You know, if you feel like you're in charge, then you have the power in these situations. And it's the same, you know, say you have a partner and maybe they're not super supportive. And every single time they kind of say like, oh, well, we just got to take away. Oh, we just go out for dinner. Oh, why don't you just skip the dim? You do what they say and then you blame them. You're like, well, it's not my fault though, because, you know, my boyfriend wants to get a pizza. Bullshit, right? If anybody saw the reel I put up on Monday, Every single weekend since I started dieting, Shane has gotten pizza, chicken wings. Every single weekend. I I mean, I could sit there and be like, oh, I can't believe he would do that to me. I'm trying to diet. But no, bullshit. I'm trying to diet. It's my fucking choice. No one's making me do this. How fucking weird would it be of me to get annoyed at him? So dumb. It's not his, it's not his responsibility to make it easier for me to hit my goals. It's my responsibility to hit my goals. My responsibility. And it's your responsibility too. And it's no one else's fault if you don't fucking do it. And the sooner you accept that, the easier it's going to be to change. And this this really comes back to victim mentality. And this is 100% something that holds so many people back. When you live in victim mode, it is the world's fault that you are the way that you are. Why you do what you do or you don't do what you um, say you want to do. And look, I'm not being a dick here. I understand people go through huge pain and trauma. I'm not discounting that. But I've been through massive pain and trauma myself. I've been through a lot of loss. As someone who's known... A lot of other people who've been through equally as much trauma, I know that we can still show up for ourselves in the face of these things. And I'm not really even talking about that sort of trauma here, like like really big things. I'm more so talking about like the little day-to-day things and the day-to-day ways that we play the victim. Again, oh, well, it's Sally's fault because she offered me a donut or um, it's Brian's fault because he offered me a drink. No, it's your fault because you said yes. I'm sorry, but like, stop blaming other people for your shortcomings and not take your responsibility when you are fucking up. It's you, it's on you and it's your fault. And that is a fucking good thing. Do you know why that's a good thing? Because if you fucked up, you're the one who can make it right the next time. I would so much rather admit that I messed up because then I can change it. It's my fault if things go wrong. Great. I can make a change next time. If it's someone else's fault, then I am just powerless. And that is the most low vibration state you could be in. Like I said, you have more power than you think. Fuck that. Fuck letting other people run your life. I get that it's not easy, but okay. So what? What's the answer? You're just going to live in this mode for the rest of your life. Never reach your goals despite always saying that you want to. Like when I'm coaching people who are in offices, I'm like, okay, you're probably going to work in this office for the next 10 fucking years. So what, what are we doing here? Are you saying that for the next 10 years or however long you work in this office, you are just at, at the mercy of other people? 
what? Like that sounds boring as fuck. I'm sorry. But like, if, if you're feeling, if you're feeling a little bit triggered by this, it's probably because I am speaking directly to people like you. Again, wouldn't like, it's, it's like, okay, you've got two options. Either you are the victim or you are the one in, in, who's in charge. Which one of those sounds like a better option? Which one of those sounds like a better way to live your life? And look, if you want to be a victim, that's fine, but then don't expect to achieve the, the amazing goals that you say that you want to achieve. Okay. You don't know how powerful you are. You can change. You can create that change when you decide that you want to. You know, like stop obsessing over the way to do it. Just do it. Just do it. Okay. Develop that internal locus of control and don't let yourself be a victim to circumstance. You have the power. Okay. Jeez, I got very passionate about that. This is something that I think about all the fucking time. Like, you just, you can do so much and you're, because you don't believe in yourself or because you, you think that it's not down to you, that change isn't happening. And it's like, bro, come on, come on. And lastly, <laughs> the last skill. So this does sort of tie into the last one, but this is being able to develop a thicker skin and being able to set boundaries with people. Okay. Let's be real. Being someone who prioritizes your health and fitness, it can be a bit of a lonely journey. Like I'm fully aware that I'm a bit of a boring bastard. I love doing the same shit every day. I love going to bed early. I love waking up early. I love being productive in the morning. I love eating my meals at the same time. I love going to the gym. I love going to do my steps. I love it. And I fully embrace that now. But when I was younger, I cared way too much about what other people thought. And I allowed that to stop me showing up as the person that I really wanted to be. You know, I used to be the person, like I went out every single weekend. I drank way more than I wanted to. I pretended not to really care about the gym. If I went out for food with people, I just eat whatever they were eating because, you know, they were doing it. I didn't want to be seen as weird. I didn't want to say no. And I'm not saying I regret all of this. Like, I love being a little party girl, right? Between the ages of like 18 to like 21. Oh my God, I loved it. And I wouldn't change it for the world. But as I started to get older, my value started to shift, but I found it really hard to show up differently. Like I was still showing up as that, you know, like party girl, because I didn't want to separate myself from this. I didn't want, I didn't want to like go against the grain. And I remember like, I wanted to stop drinking. I got questioned all the time by the people around me who were like supposed to be my friends. They would say that I was boring. You know, like they, they would like be like, why, like, why won't you drink? If I tried to make plans that didn't revolve around alcohol, they would always change the plans to revolve around alcohol. And I was like, like, I'm trying here, you know? And like, it used to really fucking get to me because I felt like there was something wrong with me. But then I realized, no, like my goals are my goals. And if I want to reach them, then I need to start showing up as the authentic version of myself. Okay. And authenticity is a very important value to me. It's something I've realized over the years. And it's why I always felt, <laughs> this sounds really deep, but like, I always felt like I didn't truly belong. I always felt like a little bit of an outsider, you know? Um, I, I just, th there was always something missing. And like that went for when I was younger, it, again, in this kind of same scenario where, you know, I was changing, the people around me weren't, but even like, you know, when I was in university and I was like, getting really good grades and everyone was talking about PhDs. I always just felt like something didn't feel right. And it was because I wasn't being authentic to myself because I knew what I really wanted was to live this life I live now. Now I live authentically and it's resulted in, you know, a lot of success. And it's because I am being the person that I wanted to be always. And that came down to set, setting boundaries, setting boundaries with people and with myself. You know, if I said I wanted to go home early, I would go home early. If we were going out to a restaurant and I didn't want to eat certain foods, I wouldn't eat them. Or sometimes I wouldn't even eat at all. 
You know, if I said I wasn't drinking, I wasn't, I, I, I wouldn't drink. And I stopped listening to people who didn't really respect that or I, w- I didn't want to be like them anyway. And this is something I say to people all the time. Don't take advice from people that you wouldn't trade, trade places with. You know, if someone's in a worse position than you or in a position you don't want to be in, why would you listen to them? <laughs> like I realized like life is too too short to be anything but myself and it's the same for you like life is too short to be anything but the person that you want to be I don't want to look back I would hate to look back at 80 and be like I lived my life just doing what I thought I should do and trying to please others I would rather let other people down because I'm not being the person they think I should be than let myself down like you're you you don't want to let yourself down babe you don't okay and again, if you're in your fitness journey, you might encounter similar situations. You know, you might find that your family's a bit antagonizing or maybe your old friend group is starting to hold you back and being able to develop a bit of a, like, I just don't give a fuck attitude and like a thick skin helps. Now, I want to say this though. This is not me saying be a dick to people in your life and push them away because I think people can do this when they start on their fitness journey. It's like, again, they're blaming other people because they're like, well, you don't support me, blah, blah. That's not what I'm saying, Right. I have loads of friends who are nothing to do with fitness and they're some of my nearest and dearest friends and I love them and they completely understand me and I love being around them because they remind me that there's more to life than fitness. But, you know, there was equally other people in my life who were very unsupportive. They're the people that I'm like, it's people like that you want to get rid of. But don't just be like, oh, you don't get me. So I'm not going to hang out with you. That's not it at all. So please don't be like that. Like don't use it as an excuse to push people away. But again, like have those conversations with people. Like, explain why you're doing what you're doing and if they're supportive keep them in your life because they're very very important but again this isn't something that you just do overnight and you know being especially females we tend to be people pleasers like we will do what other people want us to do but learn to stand in your power like learn to be like no do you know what I want this this is important to me and I'm gonna fucking do it and you can either support me and we can make this work or if you don't support me then I'm going to create a little bit of distance and I'm going to set some boundaries okay and this is why I love social media as well like it helps you make make friends and broaden your circle a bit and find people who do align with you a bit more and it really helps you know but yeah just understanding that like if there's if there's people in your life who are constantly holding you back and constantly drawing you down and constantly making you feel like you going after what you want is a bad thing fuck them (laughs) fuck them okay um life's too short okay that's it guys geez the last last while that got a little bit heated and passionate but I love it I love talking about all this stuff I really do I love just helping people understand that they are agents of change you are an agent of change okay I think that's it so yeah those are some of the most important traits I think we should be looking to develop when we're on our fitness journey Hopefully some of them resonated with you or maybe you can take something away from this episode um, to work on and improve yourself. If you did enjoy it, as always, please don't forget to share it on your Instagram and tag me at emma.curvin. Like I said at the start, coaching spaces with myself available for the next two weeks. Coaching space with Zoe also available for lifestyle if you want to work with kind of prep physique with for me. Write review the podcast, five stars only. I'm sorry that this one's late and I really hope that there's sound on this one. And I will catch you in the next one. Bye.